So if you're setting up your benefits right now in open enrollment, or you just did and you selected a high deductible plan with an HSA, consider using it in this way to essentially add capacity to your retirement account. Instead of using it as a checking account, use it as an investment account. Hey, it's Justin Harvey. Thanks for tuning in to the Anesthesia and Pain Management Success Podcast. With APM Success, we take a close look at important topics pertaining to business, practice management, personal finance, and careers for anesthesiologists and pain management physicians. We work hard to take your critical questions straight to the experts. Thanks for listening. Hello, and welcome to episode 171 of ABM Success. Today, I want to talk about a niche financial planning strategy that has come up a handful of times in the last couple of weeks as I've been working with clients to configure their medical insurance benefits through their employer in open enrollment. And specifically, what we're going to talk about is how to use an HSA, a health savings account, in order to accelerate your journey to financial independence. This is a somewhat granular topic, obviously, and it represents a subsection of a broader conversation about tax-optimized retirement savings. And specifically, you know, what's the best way to keep your taxes low while you're saving for financial independence? And the HSA, the health savings account, fits pretty prominently in this conversation as a really important component of tax-optimized savings for financial independence. As I discussed a couple weeks ago, doctors find themselves paying pretty high marginal tax rates on income taxes. And as I somewhat recently found out that in my home state of Oregon, here in the city of Portland, I think this is the worst income tax jurisdiction in America. So this really hits close to home for me personally, as well as uh, my other Oregonian clients. But for any physician who's you know, making anesthesia or pain management income, this is going to be an important planning consideration and could have significant benefit for you. And before I go any further, let me take this opportunity to say nothing that follows should be construed as investment advice. Everything is based on my research, should be considered to be educational and informational only. And please make any important financial decisions in conjunction with a qualified financial professional. An HSA can be a really useful mechanism. And you can think of it like an addition on the house of your 401k or 403b. It's basically a bolt on component that adds capacity in a similar tax treatment kind of way. And what I mean is, if you're using a traditional 401k or a traditional 403b, and you contribute in 2023, the max is going to be 22,500. If you contribute the max, then that entire contribution, that 22,500 is going to reduce your taxable income in the year that you make the contribution. And HSA similarly is going to reduce your taxable income. So in 2023, that limit is $7,750, $7,750. And so this takes the pre-tax contribution capacity all the way up over $30,000 for an individual who is setting up an HSA for their family. That $7,750 is a family number. It's about half of that if you're not married. And so the first thing I want to address before I get down to the sort of HSA strategy is the the question around the tail wagging the dog in this circumstance. And what I'm talking about is, do we want to create a, make a decision on your medical insurance based on the tax advantage savings in the HSA, or should we be looking at medical insurance for medical insurance sake? To which I would say, obviously, well, maybe, hopefully this is obvious, but I'm telling you, I think it makes way more sense to make the 
healthcare decision first based on your healthcare needs. So if you're a high utilizer, if you have certain you know, drugs that you need or certain specialists you need to see, it's very important to look at the healthcare plans in light of your actual healthcare needs first. And I would encourage you to totally ignore the HSA question at the outset to see, is there a medical insurance plan that makes the most sense for me based on my healthcare needs? If yes, 99 times out of 100, you should just do that. Do that. Select the plan that's going to have the right balance of keeping your premiums low, keeping your payments capped, and giving you the access that you need for a reasonable cost. If you are a low utilizer of healthcare services, if you're relatively healthy, especially if you're young, and if you're interested in you know, creating an emergency fund that can meet the high deductible obligations that you might have or the out-of-pocket max, then an HSA eligible plan might be right for you. And specifically, it's a high deductible plan that's going to have access to the HSA. Often these are lower premium amounts, meaning your monthly paycheck deduction is going to be lower than it is for one of the PPO plans or something with more robust coverage with lower out-of-pocket max. But the trade-off is there's a higher out-of-pocket max for the HSA eligible high deductible health plan. So that's the trade-off. It's You're basically self-insuring to a greater degree. You're going to cover more of your potential medical costs with this type of plan. You need to make sure that you understand that. One other note on this front, I'm not talking about an FSA, a healthcare flex spending account. This is a totally different animal. It's a pot of money that's use it or lose it. It has a lower minimums, sorry, lower maximum contributions. And frankly, I think they're annoying to deal with. Funds in those accounts can't be invested and often it's not really worth the, it's not really worth the trouble unless you have specific reliably recurring expenses that you can use the FSA for. I'm not talking about the FSA here. I'm talking about the HSA. So what is the purpose and what I'm talking about using an HSA for accelerating the journey to financial independence? What am I talking about? So when you have this high deductible plan, when you access an HSA and when you fully fund the HSA in 2023, it's $7,750 of pre-tax, meaning taxable income reducing contributions. The HSA is often described as a triple tax advantaged account. This means that in the year you make a contribution, say in 2023, you max out your contribution, that contribution is reducing your taxable income in the year that that contribution is made. In addition, that money grows tax deferred. So you're not paying taxes on the initial contribution, on the income comprised of that contribution. All the growth, you're not paying taxes on any of the growth. And then whenever you withdraw the money for qualifying healthcare expenses, the money doesn't get taxed then either. So you basically never pay taxes on this money. And the cumulative effect of never paying taxes on this money, using it for qualifying expenses over time is really, really powerful. And here's an important consideration that is essentially the whole point. The thing that makes the HSA a really good mechanism for financial independence is this. The best utilization of an HSA isn't to fund it in 2023 and then to use it in 2023 to pay your medical expenses. It's actually to invest and fund in 2023 and then to move as much of your money as possible into the investment brokerage silo of an HSA. And these exist in most HSA plans that I've seen, but you have an option to invest your assets usually above a certain floor, meaning 
If I contribute $77.50 in a given year, the plan administrator might require that I keep $1,000 in cash. So in the HSA, $1,000 is going to stay in cash. The remaining $67.50 can be invested in a linked brokerage account, basically however I want. So if I'm a, a physician with a long time horizon to retirement, and this is a pot of money that represents a long-term investment, I would consider investing this money in some sort of growth-oriented strategy using ETFs or mutual funds that will give me the best opportunity to grow this money over time. And when you do that every year, you're investing another seven or eight or nine, or as inflation continues to ratchet up the amount that you can contribute each year, it's, uh, you know, this money is becomes very sizable over time. Of all HSA participants currently, a study by Morningstar estimated that about 5% of individuals are using HSAs in this way that I'm describing. So 19 out of 20 people who use an HSA, they don't invest it. They just put money in and spend it down and then rinse and repeat, which is okay and it's fine and it's it's still beneficial in the current year, but you don't get the tax deferred growth and that is could be a missed opportunity. So if you're setting up your benefits right now in open enrollment, or you just did and you selected a high deductible plan with an HSA, consider using it in this way to essentially add capacity to your retirement account. Instead of using it as a checking account, use it as an investment account. Over a couple of decades, my back of the envelope math was it's about a million bucks. If between seven and 8% growth and your funding at the annual maximum per year, I didn't adjust that for inflation Somewhere between, you know, 28 and 30 years, you're going to hit the million dollar threshold in HSA dollars, which comes as a surprise to many people. So you might be thinking, Justin, this sounds great. I like the idea of investing in my HSA. Holy cow, a million bucks of tax deferred money that may, much of that may be tax free. That sounds really great. But if I have a million dollars at age 65, how could I possibly spend that, all of that on qualifying healthcare expenses? I'm worried like, what if I can't spend all of that? I've got my Medicare premiums and then I've got some out-of-pocket cost. And unless I'm paying for some experimental drug or something, I may never use all that money. To which I would say, well, maybe you're, you're right, but I want to address a couple specific, more nuanced considerations at age 65. How does this work? So first of all, whenever you're paying insurance premiums or paying for medical care at any time, the money comes out tax-free. When you are 65 or older, you can take these funds out for any purpose and they will be taxed like regular retirement plan withdrawals. Meaning when you're taking money out of your IRA, you're taking money out of your 401k, taking money out of your 403b after you've stopped working in retirement, that money is taxed at ordinary income rates. And so at worst, the HSA would be taxed in a similar manner, hopefully at a time when your earned income is less and the tax rate that you're paying on those dollars will be lower. There is one other hack that I have become aware of in researching for this podcast episode, and I'm going to drop the link in the show notes for this one, a couple other resources as well that I am going to reference here. So apmsuccess.com slash 171, you can have a little bit of a further reading here, but you can keep track of other healthcare expenses throughout your life. And what they suggest in this Morningstar article is that basically you should keep very detailed records of every medical expense that you ever incur in your life for you, for your spouse, for your family. Any of these could hypothetically qualify in the year that they occur, but what you would do is just pay cash from your checking account to pay those medical bills. Later on, 
you can take qualifying HSA withdrawals, especially after age 65, you can take as much of that money as you want. And as long as you have documentation to offset that withdrawal, you can only use this once. You can't use the same documentation, obviously, every year. But that documentation then substantiates the withdrawal in a tax-free manner. So you can use the cumulative medical expenses over many years to substantiate HSA withdrawals in retirement. Again, I want to disclaim this strategy as just, it's something that I read about. It's something to explore. And if you're interested in this, number one, it doesn't hurt to keep good records on these things. Number two, make sure you're working with a good CPA or financial advisor to look at your specific circumstances, your specific expenses, and understand for you, is this strategy something that can work? So all this is to say, if you want to take advantage of this investable HSA option to build wealth, go ahead and log into your HSA See if there is a linked brokerage account option or some sort of self-directed brokerage window, sometimes is some of the, the words that are used to describe this, and make sure that these funds are invested to the extent possible. Again, you're going to have a minimum cash balance required, but all the rest of it going forward can often be invested. You want to make sure that you sync up that investment level of aggressiveness to the time horizon associated with when am I going to need this money? If it's a long time horizon, you can be more aggressive. It's a, if it's a short time horizon, obviously you want to be more conservative to make sure that that money is there when you need it. So thanks for listening. If you have any questions about some of these HSA strategies, I'm happy to correspond by email, justin at apmsuccess.com and can share some other things that I've seen out there in the wild. So hope everybody is having a great November. Hope everyone has a happy Thanksgiving and I look forward to talking to you next week. If you liked what you heard this week, head on over to apmsuccess.com where you can find more content and free resources to help you build a successful career in anesthesia and pain management. If you wanted to leave a review in iTunes, I'd also really appreciate it. Thanks for using some of your valuable time to join me today on APM Success.